Joy actually kind of gets 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 me. Is but it's so easy to say Musa. <laughs> I can do it almost blindfolded and uh, half asleep. And it's so hard to <laughs> to actually do anything I say. <laughs> like what's with that? Like I can I can literally give like a whole series. The power of the tongue. And then I can just lash out or not control the thing and the leaden tongue and then just like speak verbal diarrhea. So I find that there's a fundamental problem and I was we're exploring it in terms of the context of, of the tongue, but specifically in relation to to the, we we previously said in the share that we shifted the Ika Hagdora of the tongue from revealer to connector. Remember that? We went it's not a, mm-hmm. even though the the tongue is Megala, it's really it's Mechabe, and then we went and explained we explained why. Um and then as a result of that we saw there are many nafkaminas of when you should say MS and when you shouldn't say MS. And it's really not cut and dry that you should speak truth the whole time. There's something called MS, and it seems to be there's a middle getter, which I'm still in the process of trying to grope around in the dark and define well. There's something called Sheker on the one hand, there's something called MS on the other hand, and there's something called Mishane in the middle. MS means when you reveal the essential truth of the thing, the reality. Sheker is when you create a fiction. And Mishane is when you create a fiction which is a productive fiction. So, for example, MS is you say, someone says to you, um, just on a very basic level, how do you get to the King David Hotel? And you say, you go down and you give them accurate directions. Sheker is, you just make up something, just for no reason, you just want to get them lost, and you give them completely wrong directions, so you create a fiction. Stop smiling when you say and Mishane, Mishane is, if the person's asking you the question, let's say, to go do an Avera, says, where, how can I get to the King David Hotel so I can go um, break all the plates? That's a suggestion. So then, you say Sheker, you create a fiction, but it's for Tuelis. So that's Mishane. So the example we saw in the Gemara was, when someone says to you, do you know this Masechta? And you do know the Masechta, you, you create a fiction. You say, no, I do not. Because that's to protect your inner world, and that's called Anova. You don't want to show off. So you create a fiction, but the fiction is productive. Sorry? You want to argue on Rashi. You prefer not to go like Rashi in the Gemara. You know the Gemara, you know Rashi. It's not necessarily Anova. What is it? Someone says to me, do you know the, the only question? This is this is the situation, okay? Mm-hmm. Someone, someone, do you know Shas? And you know Shas backwards, forwards. You completely show that in all of Shas. Okay. Amen. Can okay, you return? And then someone says, do you know Shas? I say, ah, no, very little. So that's called another. You try to hide, but you create a fiction. He now thinks you know very little of Shas. So he's now coming along with the wrong idea. It's an illusion. It's not reality. So the point I'm trying to make is not about Emerson Shekhar. The point I'm trying to make is when we speak about Emerson in the base Medrash, Borgi, so it's like, oh, you have to speak the truth. And you have to be 100% honest. But we don't actually ever think about and how does it get into our day-to-day life. Because if you think about day-to-day life, we lie the whole time. Now, I'm not saying we say Shekhar, but we certainly Mishani the whole time. No? Uh, I, you have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Nice tie. 
you know what I'm saying? Tamir, first of all, Tamir is beetsim opposed to the notion of ties. And if he did him Salema, he would wear a tie. For him, this is the creepiest thing in the world. He'd like to throw me up from it. But he looks at me, he's a nice tie. Now that's a fiction, which is, which is, which is productive perhaps, because, I mean, it would be productive if I wouldn't know his true essence, I'm saying. For someone else. Kala Nava Chasuda. Kala. Say she's beautiful. It's not true, she's not. Yes. So, so, so when you when you start to think about it in interaction, you know, a kid comes, the kids at the Shabbos table, and you and you ask the most stupid question. So you don't say to him, "Oh my gosh, Yankala, that was possibly the most stupid thing I've ever heard anyone say in my entire life." You say to him, "Oh, that's a great question. You lying? That's a great question, my boyki, South African. Boyki, what a boyki. That's a great question." You're lying. Not only that, you see in the Gemara that people lied in this way. Rabbi Nabaye. Rabbi sends down, there's a Shlech Tibur that in Brochus, he adds on a whole of words he's not allowed to do. So Rabbi says, what well, a great Shlech Tibur to test the buyer. So Rabbi says, what do you mean? He's over the halacha. So you see, you can lie to test. And you can even say wrong halachas to test if people are listening. I do that the whole time. I often don't know that they're wrong a lot of them. <laughs> there's a quote that says there are three places. Oh, Boketov. So you come to the shit like 20 weeks late and then like you quote the that we've spoken about in depth. Thanks. Thanks, anonymous person. <laughs> so, well, at the point I'm trying to... <laughs> 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 we got an MS. The point I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is Judaism's great. It, it works so smoothly and well when you're like in the comfort of your base medrash. And then like you walk into life and then all of a sudden you say, oh gosh, uh, this Judaism doesn't quite fit into you. But it does. But then you have to be much more sophisticated. So you have to realize, for example, there's Aloha. You employ someone to do a job. He's a kablan. You, employ him, you, you say you'll pay him at the end of the job. Halfway through the job, he decides to back out. He has no right to do so. So go to him and say, listen, if you finish with the job, I'll pay you double. So he finishes with the job, you say, sorry buddy, you're going to back out in the middle, I'm paying you the same price. Halakhically, perfectly mutter. But you're lying through your teeth, okay. Comes along Yaakov to, 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 to Yitzchak and he says, Anuichi, Esau, Bukharecho, I'm Esau, your firstborn. <laughs> to get the brochas. Gnevis dies Gomer, and a lie. 100%. He's our father, he needs the pillar of MS. So, so you see, even if you read it differently, for sure Yitzchok didn't read it differently. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked, right? Sure. So, you, so there's there's a shayla. Why does Rashi say I know I and Eisav is bucharecha? Why does Rashi need to say that? You, no, no one understood that. Everyone understood that you said I know that the comma wasn't talked to me. I know Okay, you with me? So, so there's a problem here. So, do you see the problem? On the one hand, there's emes. On the other hand, there's sheker. On the other hand, there's this gray area in between that we have to deal with the reality of life. And people who are too fromed, they keep the Torah in the base measures. And when they go into life, they say, well, um, if I'm from, so then I can't be real. So therefore, um, I'll live my life like this, and I'll live my Torah in the base measures. And never the twain shall meet. And that's called the destruction of Kalatura Kula. Because Torah is not designed to be kept in the base medrash. It is not an ascetic religion which is made for monks in the monastery. It's made for the lawyers, the doctors, the accountants, the business consultants, the bookkeepers. It's made for... It's made for everyone. What? You're, 
You can do what things? You can do those things. You can. I mean, sorry. You can take Torah with you. Hey, the only problem is that to be a qualified doctor, so it takes Torah, it takes an odd, let's say, ten years of clean specializing, etc., to become a doctor. And the problem is you have to like, well, let's say, is Torah more information or less information than the medicine pastures? More. So the only problem is by the, time, by the time you qualify, you'll be like 72. You have to learn totally 60. And then you can do your... Not quite. You have to, yeah. Yeah, why is there so much Torah to know? Why is there so much Torah to know? Like, how can you do it? So that's a fascinating point. Um, the Chorah Torah is so vast. And what you meant to do. So now, there's an interesting thing that we meant to live with Zahirus. Zahirus means that you have to have a cognizance of um, what you're doing when you're doing it. Now, it's the first step in the letter that the Ramchal puts in, in Mrs. Shaim, quoting from the Bryce of Pinchas Ben Yayef. What does it mean to live with Zahirus? So the Ramchal says, before you do something, you have to weigh up, is this the appropriate action, according to the, what the Torah defines, as being right? Yes? Now the problem is, that's all well and good, until you get to Nikius. When you get to Nikius, one of the ways that you acquire Nikius, which is Nikius, Translated into English, it's Taka Nakius. Please do not, please do not translate Nakius into cleanliness. Otherwise, you've excluded a large majority of people who Taka Nakim from the category. <laughs> Little Shivish joke. Um, when you get to the Taka Kinyan Hanakius, which is which is a long way after the Nakius begins, because there's loads of Pratim. Oh, there we go. Knias Hanakius. Says the, says the, Mrs. Shorim, Hinei Knias The real way that you acquire Nakius. You have to keep on reading the words of Chachamim. Both Haloch and Musa. Once you understand how important it is to be a Naki, which means there should not even be a hint of an Avera or even in your intention in the performance of a given mitzvah, there shouldn't even be an ulterior motive. So once you understand that, once you've already acquired Zahiris and Zerizos, by distancing yourself from those things which cause them to be lost, and acquiring them full-heartedly, now you can go on to Nikias. Valkain. You have to know clearly. Yeah? And not all the details of Allah, how far they go. That's how you have to be coined in the kids. So the shiny is one second. Before you give up hope, Kelman, by, by the way, Yush is not a good meter. But we'll talk about that later. Um, as they say, the Yator is coined with Yush. Another Yeshivish joke. So, no one understood. Someone did understood, but very slowly. So, the... Um, it's strange as the Messiah Shorim describes about Yedis Halacha in the Kiyas. What happened to Zahirus? Zahirus means before you do something, you have to weigh up and think, well, is this Lefi Chokatar or not? Meaning it sounds like the same thing. Meaning it sounds that in order to have Zahirus, you have to know all the Halachas. Otherwise, how can you make the Shikul Adas? 
But only in the Kiyos does the Ramchal say that you have to know all our lochas al buyam. So the Mashmois is that actually there's different stages. And Zahir is, is the starting point in the process where you make decisions based on the Shikaladas even though your Shikaladas isn't complete. So over here we see that the Ramchal makes way for progression in Judaism. And that you don't have to put off, start, don't have to put off life until you become a rebel Yashif. Because if you would, so then you could start living at 102. And that is very difficult. I'm saying it's not difficult, it's quite impossible. So you can't, you can't say a, a, a kid who now turns 13, yesterday he was a cottonizer goddle, he's now chayv in Zahiris. But what does he know? What does he know? About Shiva, he comes from. And now he has to start Zahiris. But he can't start Zahiris because he doesn't have the information. So, Lechoyer, what Zahiris is, Zahiris isn't being right in the Shikul Das. It's engaging in the process of attempting to be right. I think this is a very important, very, very important process. That, and a very important point. That don't put off living and choosing and making decisions until you feel that you know absolutely everything. Because then you'll never actually get to that stage. What you do is, right now you've got a limited knowledge base. You use your limited knowledge base to the best of your ability to make a decision. If there's a decision which you clearly know is beyond your capacity, so then you seek counsel as to what the parameters of the given decision involve. But many times you don't have that luxury. For example, engaging in a discussion with a friend, there may be 13 different shyness that come up in the space of a five-minute discussion. So you can't keep on pausing the conversation to, um, just one second. I'm just going to phone my, my Rebbe. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm just in conversation with Shimi, and um, he said this comment, and I'm not sure if I respond by saying, Oh, you're joking. That's an honest rhyme or not. What should I do? Okay, thank you, Rebbe. Come on. Oh, you're joking. Um, yeah. Hi, Rebbe. So he responded by saying, Well, you're a nasty piece of work. Um, now, do the dinim of loisikim for loisitor apply when someone verbally abuses you? Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, you're a stinking frog. Hi, Rebbe. He hit me. What? Uh, the Chobos Chaim says, Befarish, you can hit him back? Uh huh. Ouch! Rebbe, he heard that before I did it. <laughs> it doesn't work! It doesn't work! It doesn't work! It's not, it's not so good. It's not so good, yeah? So you have to, you have to, you have to think on the spot. So what do you do? What do you do? So, so, so you do what you can do. You have to be engaged in the process. You have to be trying to do it. What you understand, but you have to be working on it. Every year you do, you change your decisions. Imagine if a person is making the same decisions when they're 13 to when they're 80. Everything should change. You know, when you start learning a sugya. So the first time you open the sugya, you think it says this. If you still think that the sugya says that, 10 days later, so one thing I can be positive about, you haven't learned. Because the nature of life is that we're human, and as we get more involved in the studio, we see things and it takes time to clarify. So obviously the nature of life is a series of bad decisions which come better as in time. And that's the marshal that we say and we say it repeatedly. Tzadik sheva pa'amim yipolvakam. Tzadik katama yifroch. The two things are completely equatable. The way a palm tree grows and the way a tzadik grows are the same. A palm tree grows, it sprouts out leaves, and then they die. But their death creates a new level. And they sprout out leaves and then they die. And then death sprouts at a new level. And the, the palm tree is exceptional because they have no branches. It's just one straight, focused trunk. That's what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik goes and he puts out branches in different directions 
but he always comes back to his focus. And he, when he realizes they're going in the wrong directions, so he corrects himself. That's called Tzadik Sheva Pamim Yipol. He falls and he gets up and So life is a series of exploring dead ends. And the advantage of a dead end is when you get to the end of it, you go back and then you go back onto the highway. There's one thing that's more dangerous than going down a dead end. Going down a dead end, which is a dead end and there's no dead end to it. That's really scary. You don't see the dead end. The difference between Tzadik and the Russia is he identifies when the dead end ends. Whereas the Russia keeps on going down the dead end until it's dead and so is he. And it's the end. <laughs> following me? Good, 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 good. So that's all an introduction to my present and constant struggle, which is the integration of Torah into the nitty-gritty details of life. Do not leave it in the base medrash. If you do that, you're insulting the Torah and you're trying to make it Christianity. No, 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 no. Torah is Torah Chaim. It's designed for the nitty-gritty details of life. It's designed for dealing with crooks and manipulative people. It's designed for the lofty and the lowly. The Torah is designed for a person that he's in a compromising position. He's in the midst of a war and he sees a gorgeous heathen woman. And the Torah says, okay, let's deal with that sugya. The Torah doesn't say, Chas l'shalem, what are you looking? <laughs> no? Why doesn't the Torah like, put up his nose and say, How dare you? How dare you? How did you ever get into that? I mean, where was the Mahadran bus? The Chorus of Kabul Chaimev, there's a Mahadran bus, it should be a Mahadran tank. The Torah says, No, you're not confronted, and what do you do in that situation? What do you do in the situation? You've got this girl, you've got tremendous time for her. So the Torah doesn't say, Why are you having those tires, you beast? She says, Okay, say that. You've got the tithers, there is a school, so let's, let's figure out the Mahalach. Let's figure out Mahalach. What should the Mahalach be? So the truck comes up with the Mahalach. Achloikis will show him exactly what the Mahalach is. But there's a Mahalach. You marry her, you, you do have relationship, you got, you, there's a Mahalach of how you deal with it. So what's that? The Torah is dealing with the, the lewdest, crudest part of man and saying, okay, okay, but it's Torah's Chaim. And the truth is, that's called Malchus Shemaim. Malchus means when you bring the Or Hashem into the lowliest parts of man. Malchus Shemaim is not in the heavens, it's on the earth. And the earthier it gets, the more Malchus. And that's why David HaMelech, everyone thought he was a Mamza. And he was a Melech. No one looked at him. When Shmuel Anavi came to anoint one of Yishai's kids, David HaMelech wasn't a candidate. He was a person. I never knew this red-haired, eh, dodgy, doesn't know, Wutaki is a mumsy, he's not a mumsy. Even Moasu Aboinim, even Moasu Aboinim, Dabur Melech, even Moasu Aboinim, the stone that the builders despite, him, Hoyasu Lerosh Pinar became the cornerstone. That's called Malchus Shamayim. You have to bring the Rebbeinu Shalom into every aspect of your life. That's what the Torah does, it shines light in the darkness. Grace, grace, shkuch, for shining light in the light. To hear, uh, what's it called, the Lashon the Gemara is? Shraga b'tihara A candle at noontime, what difference does it make? You don't need the candle to illuminate the light. But you need, Ne'er Hashem nishmas adam choyfes kol chadrei vaten. You need the Ne'er Hashem, the neshama, to go into the ichi darkness of self and illuminate it. Well, 
So that's interesting why the the famous pasuk, which is which is the, the pasuk that every Jew across the spectrum of orthodox, conservative, reconstructionist docs knows, all the goyim, all the goyim, that for some reason the Jewish people are metakinists in the world at large. Now, why was it dafke given that the tikkun should come about through the Amanivka, the Am Sugula, and not directly through them? Okay, a whole different mood, which I have no idea about. So I'll just say it's a whole different mood, implying that I do have an idea about it, but I'm just going to not talk about it, which could be Gneva's doubt, which gets back to the same problem. It's how do you integrate Torah into your life? Just that. Even in the midst of a Musashir, Shail of Gneva's doubt, you know? You know that kind of a, oh, I know so much, and I know that as well, but we're not talking about now, as opposed to I have no idea, I don't have a clue. And I said in a way that it implies that I do. It's called Geneva's dance. Mom was just a girl. It was in check. Do you understand? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Mi mama kim Now let's go back onto the topic we're discussing <laughs> and try to make it real. We're deeply involved in the sugi of Russian in the Chavis Halava voice. And let's go further on in the text and see what light we can see. So we're going to start from the beginning again because Kachi Daikish Musa Rav Musa is to go over and over and see new light in old things. It's appropriate for you from the very beginning Shai Precious Perikei in the middle of that Perik he starts to discuss body control and he says in regard to the sequence of what you should learn to control first, second, third and fourth is stop number one of limb control is the tongue. And it should be appropriate for you It's appropriate for you to attempt to restrict your senses and the movement of your visible limbs. Kamoi Shasaper Lecha, as I will tell you. Vuhu. Shitaskil Birishoin Lesoy Lashoinch Velivalim Swasecho. You should begin at first to restrict your tongue and to curtail to stop your lips. So it's interesting. Of all the Avarim, one may have thought that the opposite order should be more appropriate. That when you're talking about the limbs which are the easiest to control so one would think the, the, the larger limbs are much easier to control and the smaller limbs, specifically the tongue, are much harder con- to control. So in terms of difficulty of achievement, I think I would have ordered it differently. I would have said, start off controlling your legs, then move on to your hands, then move on to your eyes and ears, and then land up with your tongue. Because then you have the sense of success and accomplishment. And you can build up with um, a feeling of, oh, I can do that, I can even do this, oh, I can do that. So why start at the hardest point and move down to the easier points? That's, that's, that's I find interesting. The Seder that the Chavos of Allah's employees, I don't know if it's telling of our generation or it's some other reason. And I'm open to... What? I thought you were going to tell us the answer. Oh, 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 sorry. That's okay. Good. Um... Do you want some fast food? I, I, had, I had an answer. Um. <laughs> you have an answer? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, maybe you'd like to share it with us before Shimmy comments. No, Shimmy's going to make an answer. Oh, okay, let's see how Shimmy's answer. You can just keep quiet. Um, 
to control your tongue is more about controlling your mind because usually your tongue just like, says what you're thinking as opposed to let's say your arms, your legs, which aren't related to your thoughts per se, just more directly. Well, well, what difference? What difference if, if so I have a thought in my mind and then I verbalize a thought in linguistics or have a thought in my mind and I carry it out through a body movement? Because the most immediate, immediate way to convey what you're thinking is through speech rather than through actions, like well. physical. He says it depends what the thought is. If you're in the sports field, Le Marshal, you're playing that extremely sophisticated game known as Ultimate Frisbee. So I'm pretty sure that your mind-body relationship is way quicker than verbal. In other words, when you get to the Frisbee, it's much easier to go like that, stretch out your hand and catch it, than it is to say, I'll stretch out and catch a Frisbee. So it's contextual. In other words, I agree with you that in the context of a conversation, so then it's probably quicker to respond verbally. In the context of a, a bout, for example, you're in a boxing ring, luckily you know Tai Chi, so then it's easier to respond physically. How about we have Tamir's answer? Hi Tamir. Uh, and then we'll go to Kalman. So what, there's two things. One thing is that, um, is that it's, there's, a clear, there's a clear product in the world, when you speak. You, yes. You see it before you. That's true. And even though it's very difficult to work on it, you can more likely feel bad about the times that you mess up. So you're saying in terms of the severity of the harm, since the tongue is on the top of the hierarchy, so therefore even though it may be the hardest limb to control in terms of technique, but in terms of severity, that adds as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an impetus to control. And therefore, when you try to work on limbs that have more subtle impacts on the world, you may not be as aware of that. You're like, oh, I didn't realize that if I, whatever. Okay, possibly, possibly. Let's hear what Jared is saying. Just a question. You, uh, why do you have a minute to start with the, the most, dif the the easiest one and have accomplishments? Surely the couple of us would tell us to start with the most important, the one that is going to make the biggest difference, because that's where you. So, so my half a minute was that in order to achieve proficiency in a given area, one should start off with easy challenges and go up, go up on lift up a notch every time so that you start off with easy and it becomes increasingly difficult and as it, the challenge increases so then you move, move up to it as opposed to beginning with the hardest, the hardest challenge and going to the easy ones. When the hardest challenge is the most damaging consequences, you might we better... So that's, what Tamir, that's how Tamir answered yeah. me, you're just repeating what Tamir said? Um, basically. <laughs> Thank you. It's always nice to hear it from your lilty Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, gentlemen, unfortunately we've run out of time. Let's continue the striving for the integration between Torah and, um, and life. As you can see, there's plenty of room to grow. Oh, man. That's bumshit.